we continue our investigation of the question, what do we know about the omniscience of God from the Bible? We have seen that the word omniscient means all-knowing, and that the Bible presents God as infinite or beyond measure in his understanding. We saw from numerous scriptures that God knows all that is taking place, both in the realm of nature and among men, that he not only knows the actions of men, but their very thoughts and intents, and that his knowledge extends to every detail of man's existence and his surroundings. We also saw that God knows many future actions of men, and we were considering the Lord Jesus as he portrayed his sacrificial suffering for the sins of the whole world. And we turn to Matthew chapter 26 and verse 31, and there we read that the Lord prophesied that the sheep or his disciples would be scattered abroad upon his crucifixion. And in verse 34, we know that Jesus foretold Peter's denial of him. As we go on to John chapter 6 and verse 64 and verse 70, we read there concerning Judas. And the Lord said, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. And in verse 64, we see somewhat of the reason for this understanding. But there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that were not believing, and who should betray him. So the unbelief was cropping up in their hearts, and the Lord Jesus discerned certainly this development. In the 21st chapter of John, verses 18 and 19, our blessed Lord foretold Peter's death. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whithersoever thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And so the Lord had knowledge of this fact. And in Acts chapter 3 and verse 17 and 18, there is uh, indicated a knowledge of the reaction that men would have toward the cross. But now, brethren, I wot that through ignorance ye did it, as also did your rulers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he had so fulfilled. So here we have the portrayal of the future events concerning our blessed Lord. And also in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verses 3 and 4, we read that the coming apostasy is a fact of God's knowledge, and that there shall come this dark era when the truth of the living God shall be largely rejected. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come f except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God 
sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So the coming apostasy is a matter of knowledge to God. As we go on to other scriptures, we see that God has determined to bring certain events to pass, and thus has a knowledge of them by the sheer decision of his to bring them to pass. In the 15th chapter of Genesis, for example, and verses 13 to 15, And he said unto Abraham, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward they shall come out with great substance, and thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in good old age. So here is predicted the four hundred year oppression of Israel in Egypt. In the seventeenth chapter of Genesis and verse 20, we have reference to Ishmael's posterity. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. So here is a portion of God's determination, and therefore he knows what he is going to do. In the 25th chapter of Genesis and verse 23, we have an account of Rebekah, the wife of Isaac, before her twins were born. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. Here was a portion of God's foredetermination. So we could go on. We could relate to 1 Kings 13, 2, where Josiah, king of Israel, is prophesied before his birth. Or we could go on to Isaiah 44 and verse 28, where we have the Gentile king Cyrus prophesied as he was used of God to bring back the children of Israel from their bondage. And then we might refer to Isaiah 46, and verses 9 to 11, where God's knowledge of some future events is simply a knowledge of what he proposes to bring to pass. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executeth my counsel from a far country. Yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. And so Jeremiah was prophesied as to what he would do for God as his special servant before he was conceived. As we read in the first chapter, of Jeremiah and verse 5 before I formed thee in the belly I knew thee and for thou camest forth out of the womb I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations God evidently had a special purpose for this child in the 25th chapter of Jeremiah 
We read about the 70-year captivity that has been determined upon by God in verses 11 and 12. And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. And it shall come to pass when 70 years are accomplished that I will punish the king of Babylon. And that nation set the Lord for their iniquity and the land of the Chaldeans and will make it a perpetual desolation. In the 29th chapter of Jeremiah, verses 10 to 14, we read about the mercy that is to be extended at the close of this time of captivity. As we come to the New Testament, Matthew chapters 24 and 25 record the Olivet Discourse, which sets forth details of the end time, which are still future. And so these many facts are known to God by virtue of his determination to bring them to pass. In the third chapter of Ephesians, verses 4 to 9, we read the Apostle Paul's treasure that God had imparted to him as to the mysterious and glorious relationships of salvation, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. So here is the plan of the age of grace, which has been long determined upon by God. In the first chapter of 1 Peter and verse 20, we read about the redemption in Christ, which was entertained as a possibility in the mind of God before the creation of the world. And so as we come to many prophecies concerning the sufferings and the life of our blessed Lord. This indicates the plan of redemption and many details thereof were known by God beforehand. We of course think of the great 52nd and 53rd chapters of Isaiah which set forth the rejected Savior and the suffering Savior. In Isaiah 52 and verse 13, we read, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. As many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The kings shall shut their mouths at him. For that which hath not been told them shall they see and that which they had not heard shall they consider. And so the 53rd chapter goes on to describe the sorrows and sufferings of the blessed Lord. In verse 4, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And so many details appear in the Old Testament concerning the life and sufferings of our blessed Lord. And these facts were prophesied as known to God beforehand. What profound revelations are these? 
in the 12th chapter of John and verses 32 to 34. We read about the crucifixion being prophesied beforehand. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me, our blessed Lord said. This he signifying what death he should die. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? And so Jesus went on to set forth his agonizing death for the sins of the whole world. And in the 24th chapter of Luke's Gospel, verses 25 to 27 and also 44 to 47, our blessed Lord sets forth the many prophecies of the Old Testament that related to him and how that he was the fulfillment of these prophecies which were known to God. And so we have in the 13th chapter of Acts in verse 29 an account that many of these prophecies were fulfilled. And in the second epistle to Timothy, chapter 1 and verses 9 and 10, we read about the blessings of Christ, which God hath purposed for us before the world began. Thus we see that God's knowledge is profound and extensive and embraces all knowable facts. We shall next inquire as to the limitations of this knowledge, if such are set forth in the Bible. May we pray. Our Heavenly Father, receive abundant thanks for all the wonderful things Thou hast planned for sinful man, that Thou hast not left us as a human race, having departed from Thee to go about our own lives, but Thou hast interrupted the course of our lives by thy great mercy and love, has planned the Savior to come into the world, has prophesied concerning his entry into the world, so that men should recognize him when he came. He lived this spotless and sinless life and went to the cross for the sins of the whole world. And now by repentance and faith, we may avail ourselves of this glorious salvation May many do so today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.